Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Quick Episode 70. Today, we have our patron movie review. The movie this week is going to be Harakiri, recommended by our patron, Roko 1.0. If you want to check out our Patreon, links, as always, are in the description down below. We have plenty of awesome stuff at each and every tier, so go check out, see where you might be able to fit in, as well as we have merch on realtalkpodcast.com. You see Seth sporting the hat, Cam sporting a shirt and a hat. So go check it out. See if there's anything you want to cop. Barbenheimer shirts are electric, as Cam is wearing right there. But let's jump into today's review. So Harry Kiri from 1962, directed by Masaki Kobayashi. This is the number one currently highest rated film on Letterboxd at a 4.7 out of 5. And the synopsis here is, down on his luck veteran, Sugomo Hanshiro enters the courtyard of the prosperous house of Ai. Unemployed and with no family, he hopes to find a place to commit seppuku and a worthy second to deliver the coup de grace in his suicidal ritual. Ritual. The senior counselor of the IE clan questions the Ronin's resolve and integrity, suspecting Hanshiro of seeking charity rather than an honorable end. What follows is a pair of interlocking stories which lay bare the difference between honor and respect and promises to examine the legendary foundations of the samurai code. So really, this movie is kind of a deconstruction of the samurai film that has been so popular back then. In these times, you know, we have seven samurai around this time. Um, and samurai films in general is very popular, but this one's kind of called to be a deconstruction of that, really tackling the difference between the integrity and honor of the samurai code versus just being there for your family and being a decent human. This was the winner at the... Uh, it won the pre-special de jury at Cannes 1963. So with all that aside clearly this movie has all the accolades in the world number one on letterbox so what else do you really need to say about it there i know we all really enjoyed it don't really know exactly where cam lines up i, I didn't see his review but i know all of us gave it high marks none of us are like dogging you don't want to so. you didn't you don't want to see Cam's review yeah is it still oh yeah i remember we talked we talked it yesterday right yeah uh, was, that, wait, was that the spider-verse review yeah <laughs> Yeah. But still, high marks across the board from the boys. So I'm going to start it off with Seth here and uh, g- give your first thoughts on the movie. Um, we'll do. It's, it's not like a huge spoiler movie, but we'll still do the classic. Go around the room, give our quick little thoughts and our rating, and then we'll we'll dive into the meat and potatoes of the movie a bit more. So Seth, kicking over to you. Yeah. Um, so this is like another one of those films, which is good. Why we do these like reviews, I think, because it gives me an excuse to finally tick off things that've been on my watch list. <clears throat> For like a long, long time, especially a lot of Kobayashi's work, to be honest, is obviously the Human Condition trilogy, which I know is, is very recognized. Uh, Quiedon, I think it is, the horror film, which is very recognized. So I finally got around to Harakiri and, and it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, as Tyler, as you mentioned, it is like a, it's raises issues to do with uh, code versus human tragedy and then and, and being a decent human. Um, it's very much, it's different from like a, uh, a seven samurai, let's say, or I haven't actually seen that many samurai films, but the classic samurai film, which kind of studies the philosophy of the samurai code. It's very much different because this is kind of anti samurai in comparison to a lot of the films we see. Um, yeah. And I think it was really exciting. I think it's incredibly well choreographed. I really liked how, when we shot the stories, it sometimes showed the the POV of kind of the clan leader looking down. I think that was a really, really interesting thing. Obviously, we'll go over that in a second a little bit more. Um, very well acted across the board. It, it's kind of storytelling in its finest form, and it's it's very much reminiscent of Kurosawa's uh, Rashomon um, in terms of the way they tell the story from from kind of the get-go, showing the different perspectives and the different storylines and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I just think it was kind of a an indictment of 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 
the 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 fervent loyalty i think i mentioned to the code rather than just being a decent human and how uh humanity should 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 be above that um and i think it was really really interesting i also think the ending is like crazy good like the ending was utterly cathartic in my eyes it was it blew me away um i was kind of expecting that kind of scene obviously we'll go over that in a second because of like you know the, the posters and stuff like that and what i've seen from the past and you know the stills but the ending was really 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 great um i will say that this is a film for me that's gonna need another watch or two like like many of these kind of work um a 4.5 so a very very good 4.5 as well i think it was i think it was phenomenal and a 4.7 on letterbox is crazy man is this the only film that has a 4.7 i think it is or only spider Seven. What does it have now? Like a four point six. Yeah, because four point six, and so that's crazy. Like that majority of uh, you, you look at the graph for this, and it's just like the five. I think you tally mentioned on your tweet or, or your review that it was like anyone who lowers who, who doesn't give this a five is immediately lowering it in a way. So apologies to Harry Kiri for that. <laughs> but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Four point five. Um, really really great film and it's making me intrigued to go through more of Kobayashi's work and more of the the kind of samurai era of films as well because I, I am tending to enjoy them quite a lot all right George kicking it over to you what were your, what were your thoughts on Harry Kiri yeah I'm pretty much right there with Seth I, I it's just something that's been on my watch list forever um and honestly I'm happy we chose it for the real quick because I don't know why I just always kept putting it off. And then especially like this week, I have to grind with Mission Impossible, so I wouldn't have watched it for a while. Um, but no, I like this. I think going into this, I was expecting like this massive, like grand scale samurai epic. And like in return, we obviously got this very personal, very intimate story, which kind of dives into like the samurai code a little deeper than what I think I've seen. And just like Seth, I haven't explored the samurai genre a whole bunch. Um, so I'm not really in tune there, but I really like that we really dive into like the themes of being a samurai and what it means to, to kind of like carry out your code and your ways. And then the interlocking stories I thought just played really well together It added so much depth to these characters and, and exactly what our, our, our main character was kind of, dealing with and what his intentions were and then again just like seth said i think this was just shot beautifully it was just so meticulously crafted there were moments in this movie where i was watching a conversation happen and like even in the background i was watching what was going on and everything is just so meticulous and just so much care went into making this movie which i really liked and then the acting performances were so emotional and i feel like i've been using the word vulnerable a lot when describing acting performances because i've just been watching like i don't know i guess more emotional movies but i really did feel like i wasn't watching a movie i felt like i was like truly watching a true life story and like these people were real just because of how emotional and vulnerable these performances were um i gave this a five and i think it's a very deserving five i, I do want to re-watch it and again if it wasn't for mission impossible grind over the next few days i would probably watch it tonight again um and then we'll get into it more when we probably touch on spoilers but the ending like really elevated this to a five out of five for me i think that was a brilliant way to wrap up this film and it just added so much more emotion and just so much more heartbreak and and it really like just Help me understand the samurai ways a little more and now i want to watch as many samurai movies as possible yeah it does kind of make you want to go into that genre more doesn't it because that's kind yeah, of yeah which is you so never, much. have you ever seen the human condition trilogy which isn't samurai but just no, random question i've not seen 
any Kobayashi work. And I these all of his film, well, sorry, the main because he's done obviously the the horror film George called Quiet. Yeah, which has always also been on my watch list for ages forever. I look at that and I'm like and, and it, yes, it's very shallow and I just see over 3 hours on a director that I'm not yeah. familiar with. But apparently all the sets in that are like painted on. It's really yeah. really weird and and and, fun, and and like like a fancy horror and um, so it does kind of make you're looking at it now, yeah. I didn't think it I did not know it was 3 hours, good god. Oh well, the human, so the human condition trilogy is interesting. I'll, I'll pass it over to you in a second. I won't take too much time. But like, yeah. the human condition trilogy is interesting because obviously it's, it's renowned as kind of one of the best um, trilogies ever, and all th they've always intimidated me because it's um, daunting, kind of war epics, and they're all they're all like two hundred minutes, one hundred eighty yeah. minutes. So it is to a point where like he is a very intimidating director, especially for someone when I was new to film looking at these. I was like, I'm not fucking, I'm not watching that. Yeah. It's crazy. There's also um, so much pressure to like. Sorry for continuing this. We'll get to Tyler and Cam's reviews shortly. But there's so much pressure going into these movies that are so highly rated. Because like the last thing I want to do is come out and be like, I don't know, I didn't like that that much, you know. So that's also like a reason why I like put off so many like older movies that have like a 4.4, 4.5 rating on Letterboxd. Like I don't want to watch this and just happen to be the only person that dislikes it. That's why I put off like. Yeah. Barry Lyndon and Amadeus for such a long time. <laughs> Is he? If you put off Barry Lyndon because you're scared, that's okay. Scared yeah. of me. Scared of my reaction. Scared of you. Um, if I give it a four, I, I know I feel what you like mean. You might kill me. <laughs> no, I do know what you mean. Same with me. Cam, what were your thoughts on Harry Curie? Yeah, nothing. Nothing that hasn't been said yet. And sorry, my brain's just not working today. It's been a long day of packing and watching children's shows, and Bailey won't sleep, so my brain's just not working. So I'm gonna be quiet, but. My brain never works, but uh, just nothing that hasn't been said. I really, really love this thing. I think this movie is one of the most like, and I'm an idiot. I don't watch like black and white movies, but I think this is probably the most beautiful, like fully shot black and white movie I've ever used. The way they use the different tones of like color grading in it, I think is absolutely incredible. Um, I, I really adored that part of it. I think the acting was fantastic. And, and like George said, like that final sequence is just in, Okay, my, my kid's crying, so sorry. if uh, I'll cut myself off. But uh, just an immaculate final sequence. Um, and I think what holds this back from a five, like I gave it a 94, it's right on the cusp, is like until that final sequence, I was loving it or I was really, really liking it and really, really absolutely. And then that final sequence elevated a little bit more, but I don't know if it like saved the entire movie. Whereas like in Seven Samurai, um, just to compare it, and we keep coming back to that exact movie because that's basically like the only samurai movie it sounds like any of us have seen. Um, and I have that movie at 100 out of 100. I think it's an absolute perfect movie. And I think that's because for four hours of that movie, I'm captivated the entire time. Um, whereas this movie, I was captivated for 99.9% .9 of it. But there were moments where I was just like, all right, I wanted to move it along a little bit, but, and that's just like my small dumb brain going to be honest with you, but I'll, I'll kick it over to Tyler while my kid yells. Yeah. So um, I'll be quick since there hasn't really been anything said that I'd be able to add to before we get into like the meat of the movie itself. But one thing I wish is, so this is the first like samurai movie like ever I've seen. So I wish I would have seen others first because everyone in their reviews kind of talks about how this is a deconstruction of the samurai film. A lot of samurai films are based on, you know, the honor and integrity and how brave and how incredible of soldiers they are and how well trained they are and how 
the, how much they're able to achieve. Whereas this is really kind of showing that that's a facade and that uh, uh, the, the samurai code is kind of bullshit. So I really wish I would have saw other movies compare and then saw this as a deconstruction of that. But even with that said, like I still gave this a five star. I haven't written up my letterbox review quite yet, but it's a five star for me. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, like Cam said, I wasn't locked in the entire time. I think <clears throat> the beginning took me a little bit to get into. And then like from minute 20 to 40 on, I was super locked in. And then I kind of was like fading in and out for like 20 minutes. But then the final like hour 20, I was completely locked in for. So I think like the first hour, there's just like a, a couple scenes that just like didn't fully grab my attention. But that whole final hour I thought was incredible once uh, the kid gets sick and the story kicks on from there. Um, so, yeah, five star from me and George, 4.5 from Cam and Seth. But now we'll actually dig into the to the movie itself. So basically what you see here is two an example of two people trying to commit harakiri, which is the American term for it or the, the Western term for it, and seppuku, which is the Eastern term for it which is basically a, a samurai way of committing suicide, which is supposed to be viewed as an, an honorable and filled with integrity way to go. Um, it's a ritual done in, in a samurai house with all the other samurai surrounding you. Basically, you, as the movie poster suggests, if you can look at that, it, it's you cut yourself from, you know, basically you just gut yourself. You cut yourself from like your belly button upwards and then you go side to side. And then once you complete that and basically take out your entrails and someone will slice off your head. And then there you go. Harakiri has been completed and you have done the most honorable way of going for a samurai. And so you kind of see two people in this movie that are connected, but you don't really know it at first. And slowly their stories get revealed. And both of them want, both of them are, I guess. So they go there wanting to perform Harakiri, but neither of them want to go. And it's not that they're afraid of dying, but the first person goes because his kid, well, you find out eventually his kid is sick. He's going there, and a lot of people at the samurai house are like, we're tired of people coming and trying to do this because we think it's just an excuse for them to try and get money from us because we don't really want them to do this. So it's like they're just coming here trying to get money and going, um, which I think is what he was going to do, even though, you know, he's like, no, I'll come back in a day or two because he brought a bamboo sword, basically. And they're all like, who would ever commit this with a bamboo sword? Like, that's so brutal and vicious and, like, awful way to try and cut yourself so clearly my takeaway was he went there obviously like not wanting to kill himself. He wanted to kind of get, have them call their bluff and hopefully get to walk out of there. That's why when he, they finally like, no, you're doing it today. And he's like, can I just get a day or two, please? Whereas then the person who you also see at the beginning, go and try to perform Harry Carey, which you find out at the end is that man's father-in-law, I guess would be technically because he's married. Well, you assume he's married to his daughter and then they have a kid. So he goes there and basically he doesn't want to commit Harakiri, but he's completely fine with dying because at this point he has nothing really left in this world. His, his family has been completely destroyed. He has really no means to an end. Um, and basically they, his son-in-law was taken from him because he was just trying to help his grandson survive, trying to like get the whole family tree mapped in my head and how this all lays out. So he went there and was basically like, this Samurai Code is bullshit. Like, all you guys care about is just thinking you're the most honorable and full of integrity men, but there's people out here starving, suffering. There's families we're trying to provide for, trying to be a family man, and kind of goes there and just calls them out on all their bullshit, and he wants to basically just wreak as much havoc as he can on the people that kind of aided in the destruction of his family as possible. Um, so that's kind of what the whole story kind of sums up as. So I kind of just want to kick it over to any of you where you guys want to dive into this, because I thought it was really interesting how these two stories wove together. I didn't really. And again, a lot of this could easily be that the fact that this is a, a film, not in English. You're reading subtitles. It's an older film. 
So that could easily contribute to the fact that like for me, it took me a while to piece it together, like how these families are interwoven, what the whole grand message of this is. But by the time the second hour started kicking off, that's when I think it started to lock in for me. But yeah, I'll kick it over to anyone to just wherever you guys want to jump in to talk about just moments you liked about this movie, stuff you thought that was super interesting, parts you specifically liked. So looks like a Seth and Cam have abandoned us for now. So George, George, what, <laughs> give me something. No, what? One thing I want to touch on, because I, I think it's so interesting that you guys, I think it's interesting the way we're all kind of like looking at this film. You and Cam are obviously like, maybe it took me a little time to get into. Maybe there were moments that like didn't work for me or whatever. I was so incredibly locked into this movie more than I thought I would be right from the start. And I don't know if maybe I was the only one of us that picked up on this, but when they both went to this clan for the first time and started like telling them their backstory and why they're here doing Harakiri. They said the exact same thing. You know, we were, you know, our, our clan fell. We lived in a back alley tenant in poverty. Like they said the exact same story. And I picked up on that immediately. So I was that, that's what locked me in like crazy because I was like, okay, this guy's here because the story that he was just told about this other man, the, the Chijawa guy, sorry for pronouncing that name wrong. Like they're related somehow, like they are somehow in tune with each other. And it was because of that moment where they both told the exact same origin story. Um, And then obviously our main character ends up in the Harakiri bed, whatever you call it, the, the, you know, the mattress that he's sitting on to kill himself. Um, And like, I was waiting for the moment where he like says something where he's like, I know that guy like I'm here on his behalf. I'm here to avenge him or redeem him or whatever. And he says that. And that's why I was so locked into this movie throughout the entire time, because right from the start, this movie tells us that there is a relationship between these two characters. This wasn't just a story that this guy was told. He knows this story. He knows what happened. He just wants to get the intricate details to like obviously end up doing what he does and then even during the harakiri that he's like sitting on this mattress waiting to perform his harakiri he's listing off who he wants as his second man and he just happens to be listing off all three guys that were mentioned in the story that he was told that kind of contributed to the death of his uh son-in-law um so yeah that's i i I love like I guess the dichotomy between all of us and how like we each kind of like tuned into this movie at different moments because I was truly locked in right away. Once I realized this wasn't like this massive seven samurai epic samurai movie. And once I like kind of pieced together that these two stories are related in a way, I was like upright on my chair. I was like, wow, this is intriguing. Like I've never, And again, I'm not so in tune with samurai movies, so this is just, you know, ignorance on my part. But I've never watched a samurai movie that involves this much, you know, themes of revenge and, you know, overcoming these samurai codes. Um, It's, I don't know, I, I was just so blown away by the screenplay here. It reminds me of a 12 Angry Men screenplay where this movie just did such a good fucking job at locking me in with this just incredible back and forth dialogue and these two stories that are going on simultaneously, well, not simultaneously because obviously one of them happened in the past, but being told to us simultaneously. So like I'm sitting there trying to piece together, like where did everything go wrong? What is happening? What is this man's end goal? He's learning all the information he needs to know. 
He's telling everyone in the in the Harakiri courtyard why he's there, what he knows. But like, where are we going? It's not going to be as easy as him fighting 40 samurai in an effort to avenge his son or his son-in-law. So I was so like just enthralled by like the quality of screenplay in this movie. And that's what really like holds it up for me. Because usually, sorry, I'm absolutely ranting right now, because but usually. I don't know. You go into movies and you expect like these like massive set pieces, this like really like fast paced action movie. And usually when I don't get that, I'm underwhelmed. Not that I'm underwhelmed, but usually it hinders my viewing experience. But in this case, I was just so mesmerized by everything going on on screen from the dialogue to the acting to that terrifying score in the background that was just so slow and eerie. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of like where I stand in terms of like, when did this movie truly lock me in? And it just happened like immediately for me because I picked up on like that one really fine detail where they both told the same origin story. And that's where I was like, okay, something more is happening here that like is going to unravel over the next two hours. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I missed. If you are listening, I've got a little bit of a cold today. So if I am turning my camera off, it means that I'm like either coughing my absolute lungs out or sneezing. Uh, but yeah, like I, I noticed Bless that as well, George. Yeah, thank you. I noticed that as well, George, when it comes to the telling different stories. One thing that shocked me about this film, and, and again, um, I know you guys spoke about this. I didn't. I've not said anything in a while, so I thought I'd just put this in there. Um, when it comes to samurai films in particular, the only uh, real, um, especially with Japanese samurai films, I think there's a lot of kind of Western versions which aren't really the same um, of this period. The only real experience I have is a couple of Kurosawa films. And Kurosawa is a, a director that, from what I know, and from what I've seen, only two of his films. So what the fuck do I know? But it's quite um, a unique perspective in terms of the samurai code and the way that the, he involves kind of comedy, I guess, in his films. Um, and the, the, the one thing that shocked me about Harakiri as a film is how brutal of a depiction it actually is. I don't think it pulls any punches with showing kind of how brutal these practices are about how brutal the, the act of Harakiri is. And I think it wants you to kind of feel that. Um, it's a very rare thing for a, a film made in the 70s, especially made during that time, for it to be shocking in nature. I think that, you know, Seven Samurai, for example, George, um, you've obviously seen it. There is... The fight scenes in that are amazing, but a lot of them are quite sort of comic-like. Yeah. They're quite um, fast-paced. They're quite they're energetic. But this one was very much an intimate personal film and an intimate personal screenplay that really kind of caught me off guard because in a shallow way of mine, I kind of thought the same as George. I was going into this expecting from the poster. Uh, sorry, not the poster. Well, still I saw, you know, the, uh, from the end scene when the fight and the grass, whatever. I kind of thought it would be a, a samurai film similar to that where perhaps... I, don't, I didn't know what Harakiri meant, I'll be honest. And perhaps someone is going there to protect a certain clan, similar to what we saw in Seven Samurai. But really, this is very intimate. It doesn't pull any punches with showing how brutal the act was. And it's a really fascinating way to tell a story of these different perspectives. Um, and it, it makes me think like of other... I, I, want, I kind of want to watch other anti-samurai films as well as samurai genre in general. Because I think this is, from what I've been told, this is very much a niche project where there wasn't much at this time coming out of Japan didn't glamorize the samurai code but actually indicted it um and i think that's really really interesting um but yeah so in terms of what you were saying earlier in terms of like being locked in um i i think i was 
pretty much 99% of the time, I really, really, really enjoyed this. My only kind of reasoning, I guess, for for not giving a five is just because I don't know. I'm not going to absorb everything in one viewing. Uh, maybe I'm just stupid. Who knows? But it's just not something which I'm able to digest completely. Um, I, I think someone mentioned actually as well, if you guys noticed this, but I think a really, really cool thing in the film is how um, the first shot is obviously the the samurai armor and it also ends with that full as well and like zooms out on that and pans out at the end. I thought that was really, really symbolic, really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I thought I, overall, I think it's a great film. Really, really the, this, is, this is such a weird like comparison, but like the, the beginning shot and ending shot of Harakiri where like the movie starts with you're looking at this empty suit of armor and you're like, okay, I don't really know what that means, obviously. Like, what, what, what's the symbolism here? Um, and then by the end of the movie, you kind of understand what they're going for. It kind of reminded me of the beginning shot and end shot of 1917, where he's yeah, like, where like the beginning yeah. shot is like he's lying on a tree and you're just kind of looking at him and you're like, okay, dude is just chilling. And then by the end of the movie, same thing, he's lying on a tree. And you're like, wow, like this man just went through hell to get to this place. Just to see it. Yeah, no, I actually understand what you mean. We, we, we've seen that, like, I'm sure I, I can think of a couple more examples as well, but it's just not coming to my brain. I've seen that a few times, but I can't remember seeing um, many films around this period do that, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. And it's a really intricate way of telling a story from going from A to B um, and, and kind of seeing what happens during the center of that and during the center of the narrative. Um, but yeah, have you guys gone over the ending yet? Sorry, I missed quite a bit. No, but before we get to the ending, what one thing I like, and I, I don't think you guys have the answer to this, and I also don't want this question to come off like disrespectful. I wonder what like Japanese culture thinks of this movie. Yeah, no, it's an interesting. I, I it's really controversial. Like I looked into that. It, it's got to yeah. be right. Like, I don't know. If, like, I don't know movie, if now it is, but when it came out, it super was. Yeah, like when it came, like I, I don't know. Like I don't think this movie like entirely like shits on the samurai code and like gives it like this incredibly terrible name but like it definitely doesn't like show it in the best light that they would want like this movie basically like looks me in the face and says this is all basically bullshit like the samurai code is i don't know i i, I don't know how to say this without sounding disrespectful i think like it purposely shows the faults of that said code yeah it shows the 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 mishaps it shows where I'm wrong. And I think, like I said, in the 60s, uh, you know, 40s, 60s, the kind of Japanese samurai era of film when it was really revolutionized with um, Kira Kurosawa and Kobayashi, etc. I can imagine this was quite a, a big step, a big plunge in cinema to showcase such a, a renowned part of Japanese culture in, in this way. I, I bet there was controversy at the time. Obviously, like, uh, you know, you said, I'm not, probably not now. I mean, yeah. maybe it still is, but like, around the time, I can imagine it was... Um, a pretty huge thing with with Japanese people, where you'd have people on either side of this. Well, I probably should have done. Some, I probably should have done some reading into this because they're actually a really interesting question. Um, I would say that if I had to guess, a lot of people weren't happy with it at the time in Japan, just because of how much the samurai code means to the country and how much you know history it has to it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's an interesting question because I think this this was clearly a big a big deal, a big plunge to take in, and a big risk, I guess. Like yeah. what, what now? It kind of like. And again, weird comparison, but like it kind of reminds me of Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Like Babylon shits on Hollywood. Like Babylon does not paint Hollywood in like a fantastic light. But like I don't think that's the intention of the movie. I think the intention of the movie is more so like for educational purposes. Same thing with Harakiri. Like I don't think Kobayashi made this movie saying 
I'm going to dog the samurai code and I'm going to expose you guys. I think it was more of like, I'm going to educate you guys on like the nuances of the samurai code, what you might not see from the outside. So like, I don't know, like I was watching this movie and I was like, obviously I'm born and raised in New York. So I have no ties to like samurai or samurai code. But while I was watching this movie, I was like, I just can't imagine this movie was like received well upon release and i'm still surprised to this day it has such a high rating i think as well like um another example i'd, I'd take out which is kind of like an earlier work um not directly of course not really the same but for example like clockwork orange um in the uk i think that was a massive massive plunge yeah to go out the government to go out society like that at the time and and got the total area of, of, of them then i think that it's it's these directors that take this plunge obviously uh, well, Clockwork Orange was a previous novel, but Kubrick's adaptation was a lot more severe and, and, and a risk take. And I think you often see when it comes to that period and you know, 50s, 70s, when cinema was going, was was really getting up there. You know, cinema has always been a big thing since the 20s, but as it continues to progress, directors were obviously taking more risks. And that's something we're seeing with Harry Kiri, um, A Clockwork Orange. There's, there's so many other mentions, but I actually do want to do some reading on it as well because I, I would be intrigued to see what the the reaction was at the time because i can't imagine it was that positive um but then again like george said like well the fuck do i know i'm not linked to japan in any way <laughs> yeah. i mean we're speaking for the japanese here they probably just like no but like that, that's what i'm saying like i'm not yeah, gonna yeah. knock this movie for like shitting on the samurai code because like i have no ties to it so like i'm taking this movie at face value as educational but like i'm just imagining like some like really devout like japanese guy who's like maybe not in tune with the samurai code but like understands it watching this movie being like yo what are we doing yeah it's a weird one isn't it yeah i might need to do some reading it's odd it's odd but yeah I, from, from the outside i really like this movie i i, I like that well, i think it, everyone like, does don't they? yeah every it. every clearly it's number one on letterbox but like i just i love the dissection of the samurai code and i love that even though like my expectations were subverted considering I was expecting like this war epic and I really got this intimate story. I like that. I was still like so locked in to this movie. Interestingly enough, I've just like, I'm just looking at it now. This was actually um, Kobayashi's first like period piece during the samurai era as well. Uh, he did one more called samurai rebellion, which was five years after, but obviously the previous films, you know, the human condition, the ones he did yeah. before that, they're obviously set during uh, World War Two. Yeah, it's really like it's a big plunge to take, a, a massively successful plunge. That this was his first period piece during that time to handle it so successfully. Um, but yeah, like George said, it's clear that fucking everyone likes this film because when I look at my like um, friends' ratings on Letterbox and stuff like that, you're, you're the only one of my mutuals on Letterbox that doesn't have it at a five out of five. Really? Because I, I mean, I yeah. follow up with you. There's a few, yeah. there's a few fours on mine, but a lot of the majority are four and a half and five. There's a lot of fives. Um, which is yeah, exactly understandable what you said. Tyler, did you say you're giving it a five? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. So kind of where the, where this film all boils up to and leads to is, so the grandfather at, at this point, so we're talking the la last half of the movie at this point, so his son-in-law has been killed via Harry Curie, which we saw early on in the film, which is a very brutal depiction where he's, you know, basically leaned over at a 45-degree angle, plunging his, himself into the ground to try and get that bamboo blade to slice into him. So we've already seen him die. We know his grandson is completely ill and it doesn't look like anything's going to be on the up and up. They can't afford a doctor. The last chance they had at getting a doctor was him going to the samurai 
temple, I, I don't know what it's called, and trying to kind of get that kickback, get some money from them, which obviously the samurai talked about at, at length that they're tired of people doing and they don't want to keep doing it because it'd be like just lead ants to a sugar hill. Um, so at this point, he really has nothing. Even his daughter, we clearly see that his daughter is experiencing major both physical health and mental health issues. So at this point, his whole family's gone. He has really no income. He has no way to provide for them, t- care for them. So he's going to the temple to basically tell them this whole story, which we see play out through the film via him dictating the story and the flashbacks. Tells the entire story to them. Reveals that he went after the three men who went at, who went for his son. And so, do, so one thing I want to gauge from you guys, do you think he killed them or just took their top knot? Because we see that they say... Um, when they say, you know, people are ill in the, in the samurai temple, that could either mean that they're dead and they don't want to tell people. It could mean that they're actually just like wounded or it could be, you know, their top knots were taken. That's very disrespectful or kind of shows weakness on their end. So they just don't want to be seen in public or by seen by any other samurai until it grows back or whatever. So, and, and from, from the scenes, unless I'm forgetting, we just see him go for the top knot, but I think the assumption is he would actually kill them too. But I'm just kind of wondering what you guys think. Do you think he actually killed those three guys or do you think he just took their top knot and they're kind of just in hiding right now and just don't want anyone else to see that they were weak enough to be able to get that taken from them? Or where do you think that is? Because clearly he's not afraid to kill, but I, I we didn't directly see it. So I just would. Put- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That was the question to you. I'm trying to think of like what my immediate reaction was after the movie. Because I feel like, yeah, he probably did kill them. That, that'd be what I would think because like obviously it's disrespectful to take their top knot but like it's their hair like they'd be able to just get up and like try and chase you and try and slice you up again until you yeah. either kill them or they kill you so basically then yeah I think that makes sense the assumption is he kills the three people reveals that to everyone there at the temple that he killed them yeah. and uh, so at that point they know he's not committing Harakiri so they all try to go after him at this point and there's a big epic sword fight, which you can see in like the top still, or actually, no, that's not the top still in letterbox. But if you've seen stills, this movie with like a massive samurai epic, like we mentioned earlier, this isn't a seven samurai where it's samurai fights the whole time. A lot of this is almost more akin to like an Akira Kurosawa, like drama, like an Ikaru or something where it's just like so dialogue based and like yeah. grounded. But then um, at the end, you get the kind of big boiled up samurai fight. And fun fact, they used real swords in this fight. So very intense on, uh, on set. All, all of them used, it was professional swordsmen and they used real swords and spears. But uh, that's now illegal in Japanese films. But at the time it wasn't. So just crazy to use just fully real swords and spears on set. And we just see basically a big epic fight. Um, he, he takes out a few of them. I think he kills like... I don't know. He kills like four and wounds like 10 pretty badly. Um, and then they kind of fight throughout the temple. And then at the end, we see kind of the whole crux of what they're going for here come to a light with him seeing that empty samurai armor, him grabbing it, trying to take it, throw it down and just reveal that it's just all it's all fluff. It's all a facade. It's all for show. And that's kind of where we leave the film. Obviously, he, he's not going to make it out alive. It's like 300 samurai versus him. And kind of the thing that hit most home for me 
was basically when they go and talk to the one guy who's kind of sitting in solitude and we're basically just saying, okay, he's dead now. He killed this many, injured this many. And then clearly he didn't commit Harakiri. So then the, the head guy's kind of just like the story that everyone's going to know is that he committed Harakiri and all these other guys are ill now. And it's kind of just interesting because Harakiri is supposed to be a, an honorable thing that people do to kind of end their life. But really it just really shows the facade of the samurai code because a lot of them actually just end up using it to say, cause this isn't a one-time thing. I imagine I'm sure every time someone comes and tries to invade them and is able to kill some of their guys, they just want to want the story to end up being no, our guys are ill. They didn't get hurt. Um, and this guy came here to commit Harakiri and it was no, no hard feelings, no issues, no, nothing bad went down. Um, so yeah, it's just really all kind of a all for show. And that's what this whole movie is kind of all about in my mind is that it's just showing that they're just trying to be tough. All of it's kind of fake. They don't fight for what's actually meaningful. They fight for their own internal honor, even though they're not really honorable because they're letting people die, letting people starve while they all kind of just have a lot of money, a lot of food, a lot of, a lot of luxuries as a samurai. So yeah, I don't really have any more thoughts, so I'll, I'll kick it over to anyone else if they have anything else to add. But I, I thought this was a really well-written movie. I think it's definitely, like Seth said, something that I need another time or two to watch again. And I don't think I want to watch it anytime soon at all, just simply because I want to watch like a ton more samurai films naturally over the next you know months and years before I revisit this, so I have a lot more context coming into it. But yeah, Cam, uh, I know you've been dealing with Bailey and stuff, but if you have other thoughts to, to add in. I have no clue what was said, so I'm just going to like throw things out. Uh, Ending was great. Awesome. Epic battle Um, there. I read like a fun fact online that like and I didn't notice this. So you can tell me maybe when it happened. I guess at one point they were like using real swords. So at one point it's like very clear that they like stop and like the editing was just a little off. So it's like very clear that he like stops before hitting someone. Um, I didn't notice that, but I, I guess I, I read that online. I don't know exactly when that's happening. I actually think um, I do know exactly when you're talking about that. I don't remember when, but I remember seeing exact one scene where they did that. And I was like, I they should have cut that like a second like, or I think it, it said that like it was at someone's neck and like, it's very clear that he just like, he like very much slows down and stops. I don't know. I, I, I looked for it. Cause I actually saw that fact um, before. Or like in the middle of watching, I think maybe, but I, 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 I don't, I didn't see it. How do, you think, um, how do you think that went down on set? They like hand these guys real swords and like, yo, fight. They're like, yo, these well, they are were all trained. It's not. I like know, but like the, it's not. Like these these are actors. They're like, yo, these are real swords. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I again don't know what was said. Uh, I like that there were like two stories intertwined and it was like all connected. That's fun. Um, super deep thought uh that i thought of like i think the i think the writing was so goddamn good this movie. thank you echo i get i get bailing to sleep and now my dogs are loud um i think like the writing was so great in this i think the writing was almost like it, it made it like more brutal than the actual action was and i think that just like elevates the action um but i i yeah i don't I don't, I don't know what was that. I don't care to keep going. I guess are you guys if you're done, we're done. No, that that's a good point actually. Like I like that this movie like feels like an hour and fifth like an hour and like a half of like build up, but really it's not build up because you get so invested in these characters mm-hmm. and these stories because of just how good the fucking writing is. And then that makes like that final sequence or like the final few sequences just feel I don't I don't want to say rewarding given like the topic of the film, but like it's just 
yeah relieving it just like gives it so much so many more layers and so much depth and like you're truly like by the time that like final sequence comes on you're so invested into what's going on because of how well the movie brought you to that place yeah i agree yeah i am i'm good a good movie great movie very great definitely very very good film definitely needs a rewatch definitely need to watch more crazy we can't crazy people are making us pay for this (laughs) <laughs> streaming services gotta have more Japanese samurai I, just criterion channel not have all these for you guys I'm pretty sure it does you have to pay for the criterion you have to pay for the criterion channel certainly yeah but it's better than like renting individual yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah. because criterion I wish I had that because that looks amazing there's so much shit on that one I've never looked uh, into yeah, it honestly Tyler. yeah what's up Tyler Sam? I need you to watch uh, if you're giving this a five, I think you'll give Seven Samurai a five, and that'd be cool on the collection. So if you can take that off, that'd be great. <laughs> Sounds good. Seven Samurai better. So much, so much pressure on Tyler. See, I have, I have Harakiri higher. Uh, you have, I, yeah. to it's a five, five, five right? Higher. Yeah, it, it's theory. a five out of five versus five out of five. Yeah, I mean, no, Seth's was a five out of five versus four and a half, and he's like, <laughs> eh, I don't know. No, but I think, no, but I think this is one that like, I know what you're saying. I'd need to watch again. This could be a five, another watch, but I think even if I did, I still enjoyed Seven Samurai that little. Honestly, bit. Seth, like I'm surprised. I'm not surprised this wasn't like an easy five out of five for you, but I feel like over the last few months, you've been watching a lot of movies that like question the establishment and shit like that. And like those movies you rate very, very yeah. highly. So I'm surprised something like Harakiri wasn't like a quick five out of five from you because of like the themes of what it's dealing with and just what I know that you enjoy in film. Yeah, I think to be fair, like I just don't give fives I don't understand it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. If I don't understand every bit of it, I'm like, maybe, do you know what I mean? Just in case, I'm going to leave yeah. it hard and then I'll watch it again if I understand it all then, you know. Yeah. The complex you, film is quite hard for me, I think. That's all. You you rate Harakiri the same thing I rate the first Transformers movie. Jeez, that's a good way to end it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that first Transformer kind of bangs, though. I rate Harry. I rate Harry Curry, bang, man. I rate Harry Curry the same as I rate Click. Everyone like that. That would be a great one. Great don't click. you give Click a five out of five? No, nah, no that's no, another no, one where no. I don't really understand. Yeah. Another watch. <laughs> <laughs> click. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, can't can't figure out the slow jogging scene in that one. Yeah. Gotta, gotta yeah, rewind yeah, exactly. that one. Exactly. Yeah. We'll leave it there, Harry Curry. Thank you for the the suggestion, Roka 1.0. This is our longest uh, real quick review we've done yet, but I think it's fitting because it is a movie that takes a lot to dive into, and um, it's the number one movie rated on Letterboxd of all time, so it merits a worthy discussion. There's still a lot we we obviously missed in our discussion, but I feel like we did a pretty good job talking about what we got our takeaways from it and kind of how it impacted us and what we kind of got as the main themes for this one. So thank you all for watching. Of course, check out the Patreon in the description down below, as well as merch on realtalkpodcast.com. And with that, we'll see you tomorrow with a fun little real quick where we're going to go over our top three years in film of all time. Will 1962 make it on the list? You'll have to wait and see.